Welcome to the Actors Wish podcast. My name is Sarah Hayward Rahimova, and I am an international actress, writer, and teacher. Today, let me be your scene partner. Let this podcast be your laboratory. And in this space, let your wish run free. I know you're ready to peel your layers, take risks, and open yourself to new levels of artistic discovery. Consider this your weekly dose of inspiration, technique, and community where actors support one another. Together, we can explore our wishes beyond the classroom, beyond the audition room, beyond the stage and the screen, and cultivate a rich, vibrant, ongoing creative life. Let's turn down our brains, trust our bodies, activate our inner resources, and find joy in the process. Together, let's take the leap from actor to artist. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to the Actors Wish podcast, creative rebels, actors, artists. I'm so happy you're here today for part two of our conversation with Tyler. Oh my gosh, it gets even more thick and juicy and full of vibrant life. I'm so excited to dive in. Uh, If you are joining us for the first time, I highly recommend that you pause and well, thank you for joining us. We're so happy to have you. (laughs) I suggest you pause now and move to episode one in this series, part one with Tyler, or else this will make not as much sense. It could, it could potentially be okay, but I just suggest that order. Uh, Again, thank you in advance for your patience. There's times when the voice and volume is at an all different levels, but we're really just playing with your awareness, right? (laughs) So thank you in advance for your patience and support and energy. And uh, I just, the only note I want to leave with you before we dive in is just this beautiful quote from Mark Weil that Tyler so eloquently shared He says, or said rather, because he's tragically no longer with us. If you want to be a great artist, start by working on being a great person. And I remember hearing this echoed throughout the theater, and I think it's such a profound sentiment. It's so, 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 so true, and I think... It's something we're working on every day in our own evolution, you know? We're we're always in a state of overcoming, as Tyler says, because that's what it takes to grow. So bravo to you for being here, for growing, for overcoming, for pulling and peeling the layers and becoming the best person and the best artist you can be. I'm so thankful for this collective and I really cannot wait to hear what resonated with you in this episode, in this series particularly, because we really dive into the differences between systems and attributes and energies and ethos and techniques and tendencies and I'm really, really curious, so be sure to take a screenshot of this episode. Tag me on Instagram at Serbanda. Tag Tyler at uh, Tolia Tolen Tolik. I think it is. I'll have that in the show notes. And let us know. Let us know what you thought, what you felt, how excited you are to get into a room and to do and to do and to do. And let me know what you think about making a podcast in motion because... You know, it's, an, it's all a great experiment in our laboratory. So, oh, I'm so excited. Thank you for being here. And without further ado, let's raise the curtains on this episode. Vinimania. Machali. Enjoy. An inherent part of, you know, like being an actor is action. Yeah. Doing. <laughs> doing. Uh, element. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have a lot of uh, great books about the theater on the shelf behind me among other books but uh you know reading any one of them won't make you a great artist uh (laughs) doing what they're talking about that that'll get you closer uh reading doing going back to reading understanding more going back to doing uh, that's 
that's a, yeah. a better uh, better use yeah. of the material that's, for sure. that's something I definitely learned about myself is I had to I had to have it in my body before I could ever approach it in a literary form and now it's more like a, a dance where I go back and there yeah uh, well and that's uh you know, not to drag it on too long, but that's another big difference between Eastern and Western school. Um, you know, the Western method, we've gotten really cerebral oh, yeah. about what we're doing. Um, in the Eastern method, we're like, we're like, it's okay to be cerebral. You should have like a great idea and a beautiful concept and beautiful words to say, but none of that means anything if, you know, your body and your soul and your spirit aren't firing on all cylinders as a baseline to hold that up right and that's where we start the work from we started from the ground up uh you hear so often you know like oh it's such a beautiful play and a beautiful playwright and all of this and you know people want to say the words beautifully and like but actually you don't need to if you have a beautiful play if you have beautiful material and a beautiful playwright if you have beautiful words that writer in their process has done the work it's done it's, we don't have to do anything to those words. What we have to do is to create all of the life and all the world, all the dust and all the itches and all the sweat and the smell and the breeze uh, and the heat and the cold. And, you know, physically, we have to bring everything there. And when you have that, then you just put the words on top of it. And then it's the ideas speak for themselves. So you don't have to like try to convey an idea. You have to say the words aesthetically and beautifully. And you've been prepared for this <laughs> because you could prepare the integral part of your body. That is your voice, yes. right? You did that hard work. I love that. image. Like, uh, this I'm, I'm just talking about like these are differences between the methods um, yeah. you, when okay. you sit down when you sit down in the west at a uh, first rehearsal what's the first thing you do table read yeah and then uh you know <laughs> so you'll probably you probably spend weeks doing all this book work mm. that's not bad um but then you take the book work and the script from your hand, you get on your feet and you start to stage it together. And then you try to start to pile life into all of that. Um, you know, bring yourself halfway around the world. And it's like, yeah, you might do a table read. And it's like, everybody, you might even not. It's just like, everybody read the play and everybody says, yeah, we read the play. Cause like, that's our job this is what we're working on. Uh, or maybe we read it together and maybe we do some analysis, but then after that, we take the play and we're going to put it over there and we're going to spend a lot of time and a lot of energy now just trying to live in it. We're not going to worry about the words. We're like, Oh, we read the words. Yeah. They're great. They're beautiful. These are great ideas. Uh, now let's find these people. Let's find how they interact with each other. Let's find the, the place, the time and the atmosphere they live in. And all of that stuff is what has to be creative. Like that's what we as actors do. We don't just go out and dress in clothes and say the words uh, we create a world and in order to create the world it has to be visceral and so you have to know what you want to say right you've got to have an opinion as an individual i'm going to tie this back together if you don't know yourself as an individual you can't have an opinion if you didn't really look at that work like oh here's where i'm beautiful oh here's where i'm terrible how can you have an opinion that's your opinion, right? That's your point of view. And you can't, how are you going to bring that? You can't bring something you don't have and share it with somebody, <laughs> uh, with a partner. That's where it starts. Uh, so, you know, like all of these things are intricately interconnected, but the, these are some of the differences in the process. Uh, it's, it's built out in a different way. Yeah. So well, the, the, the timeline's different too, though. You know, um, this is something that, in groups I've worked with in Seattle, we've, we've definitely been flirting with is like, what happens when you take your time? Um, and, you know, instead of having a four, three and a half to four week rehearsal schedule, uh, you know, what, what if you let yourself take six months or a year or whatever time you feel like you need to get, to get into it? Uh, what kind of a difference can it make? 
Um, but but in the West, you know, the theater's not really built for that too. And so everything everything answers to that. You know, we have a little bit more of a uh, kind of. I don't want this to sound insulting, so take it with a grain of salt, but a little bit more of a kind of bread and circuses sort of um, way that we go about theater, right? Um, what, what we excel at is like, boom, production, make a show, right? Broadway, it's brilliant. Like you can't go to a Broadway show and not be like, oh, it's amazing. Like, wow. A production we're so good at that um but you, you don't get that feeling from a community theater um and it's not always on the strength of the creators and the performers sometimes that's just a matter of of the money that you can throw at something right um and so so we live in this system where uh you know the commercial side does really drive what's happening a lot um and, you know, acting schools answer to that. Um, a lot of the piecemeal kind of training that we see actors getting in our time uh, is actually preparing them beautifully to work in like cinema and stuff. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily translate well to the stage. Mm. You know, mm. like if you, if you, again, if you watch shows and movies and stuff, you'll see people doing brilliant work all the time. Um, but, you know, a lot of the times if you put those same actors out onto a stage, uh, those kind of tools, that kind of tool belt is not gonna suit you well. Um, actors that really can live on the stage and really command all of that space and all of that energy are gonna have an easier time toning it down, you know, to work specifically with the camera. Um, it's just turning the volume way, 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 way down on the outside. The inner volume still needs to be big, uh, but it's a little bit trickier to take that inner volume and turn it way, 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 way up when you haven't developed the visceral tools to do that with, right? Does that make sense? Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Very, very evocative. Yeah. Again, I don't, I don't mean to be a critic. Ultimately, I don't necessarily believe there's an absolute right way um when it comes down to learning this craft as individuals there's kind of you know you have to take what works for you and make it your own and you have to figure out where your strength is and you have to build on that um but also seek out places where you're perhaps a little a weaker or, or sure yeah that's well that's what i mean by building on your strength you know like if you're a great singer and you can find that feeling of freedom as a singer um what you also need to recognize is that i need to have that same freedom of feeling when i dance but it might be harder for me to learn dance so i'm gonna have to work doubly hard mm. um but but you know even that being the case, uh, one of the other things that makes a big difference between two systems of learning is that the Russian dinner we were talking about versus the salad bar, uh, the Russian dinner is more successful at bringing the student who shows up, you know, to the stage, helping them be an artist. Um, and, in the salad bar version, it's kind of like, you know, some people get it, some people don't. A few really get it, but a lot of that's just on them. Mm. You know what I mean? Uh, I've seen so many instances where a really talented person just naturally like gets it, bam, great. Uh, but I've seen, you know, in the, in the Russian school where a really talented person can get along and do well, but you know, might hit a ceiling of growth. Whereas the person who maybe is not as talented, but works really, really hard can get there, can get beyond. Um, so it makes, it makes a little bit of a different space for that when, when things are curated in a, in a mindful way. I, I right. Back to what the, when we're talking about the full course meal, 
given the opportunity to cultivate the whole artist, uh, which is something that I think can be embraced here in, in, in Western Canadian Europe. I can't speak for Europe. I don't, I don't know enough. Uh, but from what I've seen in American and Canadian is, is uh, embracing every, every element. I mean, even looking at our ill home schedule from one moment we're fencing to acrobatics, to singing, to elocution, to mastery of acting, to history of theater culture. We were just bopping around uh, and constantly being pulled at in new ways. And I think that it's just so, so important. I remember even our teachers wanting us, I mean, this is traditional in most Russian schools to learn a musical instrument. <laughs> well, I, I think that's that's a, a modern step, right? Um, you know, at some point, uh, these old heads were sitting around and they were like, you know, we need actors who also can sing really well. In order to do that, they're going to need to be able to read music a little bit. Yeah. Um, we need we need actors that we need actors that can dance um you know so they, they start to adopt and integrate these things into their process um in in the direction that the world theater is kind of moving yeah let's add one more thing can an actor also play the trombone because we can really make use of that you know what i mean <laughs> like um you know that's that's what's happening in uh russia eastern europe and into western europe is there's this real kind of interesting synthesis uh amalgamation of like this this monster of all performance happening in one thing um yeah sound drama is a very good example of that tendency but yeah, they're certainly not the only ones um uh, here's here's what I want I want to just attach hold on to that this is what I want to attach to the last thought before we lose it um, the you know bouncing from all of these subjects one to another uh, it's all good and well but the the important piece of that is that you know we as the people giving this information not giving this information but trying to help these students through the process like we're together constantly making sure that we're unified, that we're moving in the same direction, right? From semester to semester, we have a conception, we have an idea of where we wanna go, um, that, that this is being curated, that these things aren't just happening piecemeal independently. Mm. Like, okay, you gotta go to ballet because you need ballet and we gotta go sing something because you gotta sing something. Uh, no, the people giving you the ballet and the people giving you sing something and the people giving you everything else are also like, where are we all actually going? Right. All of the time. Like, Hey, we're kind of getting this direction. Cool. We need to make a turn this way, even though that wasn't part of our original plan. And a, a huge, it's a living process. Yes. And, and it has to be. And so I, I'm always like blown away. Like, you go into an office and like, well, this is like the third year, fifth semester. And so we're going to print off these print sheets and give them to somebody. I've been working with these print sheets for like 15 years. Like, man, what worked for the the guys even a year ago is going to be what's different for the generation that you're working with right at this moment. They're totally different people. You have to be willing to work with the process in a living way. Yeah, and something so so unique to the theater that that I have never witnessed before. I remember my my dad was visiting for our first exams, and he's a lifelong teacher, and he's never witnessed this before. But that every teacher of every subject comes to every exam over a week or two week period, and they see. They see your development. So perhaps in one semester, if ballet was really challenging and nothing moved, but you blossomed in Plasticus or you discovered a part of yourself in vocal, that is taken into account. And that yeah. Is, that kind of. This, this is what, like we're talking about building on your strength and understanding your weakness. And, and when the person leading you is also trying to help you do that, that's useful so i mean we would watch 
we would collectively, yeah, we would collectively watch all of our students, uh, you know, when it came to exam time, rubber hits the road, you know, and then we'd get together and we'd, we'd discuss what we see. We'd talk about what we'd see and we'd try to understand how do we help each person take this next forward? What are they doing well at? What are they missing? Sharing information with each other. Um, and for the benefit of the, of the actor, artist, student, um, this was a good system. You know, you might get to a, a master's program at a university where there's, you know, really great specialists working on all these things. But, uh, you know, when they're not in commune, uh, you know, the body loses its head. You have one arm doing this and one arm doing something way over here. And But it was also too, like it wasn't just a love and respect of us. I mean, it definitely was, but it was also a love and deep respect of the craft and of caring that, that weight isn't the right word, but gift of carrying it forward into its next iteration, into the next generation, into its next rebirth. Uh, and that just altered me. That level of devotion and respect to the art. I'd, I'd never, I'd, on, I'd only tasted it when I saw White White Black Stork in Seattle, but to mm -hmm. be in rooms like that, it was, it was one of the most beautiful experiences I've had. Here's another contour that I think makes a big difference in this. Um, in a situation like we were in, um, and this is very indicative of uh, the Russian studio, especially, uh, the people teaching after their class, they're going to go out on stage and they're going to be performing. You know what I mean? Uh, so as a student, I can hear, see my teachers working with me on something. In the evening, I can walk down and I can see them putting their money where their mouth is. From the teacher perspective, we know that students coming up are going to be joining us out there. They're going to be our partners and we want good partners <laughs> because because we want to we want to be really doing it we will not allow ourselves to phone it in right and we can't carry that weight on our own again it takes everybody um and so there's a vested interest um you know and when they people outside observers might come and say oh this kind of feels like family um yeah, certainly it is. But that also makes a difference in the end aesthetic and the end product, right? Because uh, it is family. Look, the way that we, the way that a mother relates to her own child is so different than the way she relates to any other child. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that <laughs> there's something wrong with the other child or there's just some kind of like super connection happening there like this is absolute priority for for the parent with their own child um but this is very similar to the dynamic that's starting to happen in in that kind of studio mm, yes you know what i mean uh it goes beyond like i'm just teaching you i'm learning for you it's I will fight to the death for you, you know? Um, and that, that is going to obviously make a difference in, in the end game, you know, then you take those kind of relationships out to the stage and it becomes something different. Uh, States are very different. Yeah. Well, we have, we have a very different system. Uh, I do want to touch upon uh, yeah. the, use of etudes and sketches uh -huh. and being raised in them because I had never actually it took me a few weeks to understand what on earth they were why I had to do them why <laughs> there was no script why there was no friggin' outline I had no idea I was like I'm just like floating in the abyss <laughs> I don't know where I'm going, but I have to do this very weird thing with an invisible object. 
and make a sketch out of it. And I don't know what this is. Uh, can you share some of your knowledge of Nitudes? Yeah. Um, so the, the idea of an Etude is, you know, it's a little devised piece that we can practice on, right? Um, I think that anybody that is in music will probably be a little bit more familiar with this term than, you know, people maybe coming from theater or somewhere else. Uh, but like in music, you might have an etude and it might be a eight bar or 16 bar, just little piece. And it's, it's just a little idea uh, that you can practice on. It's short, so you can you can work on um, technicality that might be fingering stuff. You might be working also on tone. Um, you might be working on different intervals, whatever, you know, whatever's been laid into the etude, but it's just a little piece you can come to revisit. Tink, 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 and work yourself out on, right? Try yourself out on. Um, in the theater, the concept is essentially the same, but when you're a student looking at it, um, as we've both been, it's like, oh, no, is this, huh? what um <laughs> but again it's it's uh it's a way for us to devise something that we can test our instrument out on right the instrument for us as artists is body mind disclaimer on mind it's not our intellectual mind when we're on the stage right this is this is uh we're talking about cerebralness. Um, it's good for an actor to be intelligent and cerebral. Uh, certainly you don't have to be. Some actors are just like, just like an animal and they're great. Like um, maybe a classic example to point to uh, Brando, I think was probably a little bit like this, just very visceral in his approach. Uh, but the mental capacity that we use on the stage as actors is imagination that's our brain work in the moment on the stage, nothing else. Uh, there's a lot of brain work that happens outside. That's your homework. Um, but we're working on our mental, our physical, and our spiritual, right? All these things need to be developed. And uh, in the etude, we're creating a little space to try these things out because this is our language. Uh, the reason that we do this, for example, very first off is doing an act, doing the action with an invisible object is because it doesn't really give anyone a crutch. You don't have a partner. You don't have uh, uh, costumes, props. You don't have anything to hide behind. All you have is your own capability, understanding of what you can do with your physical body, what you can do with your imagination, and how these things can help you do something with your spiritual self, right? In a way that, that brings you to uh, being a presence on stage where you're, <laughs> you're radiating your thought and your feeling. And, you know, that starts to seep into the space and into everybody else. Um, you know... Wow, I remember you did carving a pumpkin. I did. <laughs> you did carving a pumpkin. And I, I remember that it was quite good. In fact, it was one of the one of the better of the of the sketches at the time, right? Um, one thing we never did with those is we never came back to them. But carving a pumpkin, you could come back to time and time again. And years later, um, you know, after having carved that invisible pumpkin a million times, uh, you would have experienced it a million different ways, but there would still be something constant about it. You could, you could essentially take this etude and give it to somebody else to study on. Ooh, you know what I mean? Uh, you could direct someone into this as a way to help them specifically learn something. So that's an etude, right? Um, you could do your etude, and then we could say to Akbar, Akbar, learn and do her etude, right? It's a little performable piece we can learn on. And the qualities of your etude uh, are going to be very different than the qualities of somebody else's etude. And we could learn on each other's etudes. If it was a piece of music, I could say, play this on the piano. 
this is the etude I made. Here, I play it on the piano for you. Now you play it on the piano. Wow. Now you take this etude and you play it on the guitar. <laughs> we're, all, we're all learning on this in different ways. We can share them. Uh, so you can also take, when you're really good at a creating etudes and say good is subjective you know and like we get into a process where we're building a performance and we start with etudes like 90 percent of them are just off the mark nothing anybody needs right <laughs> but that because you're it's just ideas it's yeah. just ideas and sometimes ideas work and sometimes they don't um but you know if we take that learner's etude from school and we bring it into an hour in rehearsal we're going to work on this piece. We all read it. We threw the script away. Everybody get out there and come up with some etudes so we can start to try to find our, our sense of what this world we're creating is. Uh, you know, we can gather the useful bits, the pieces that seem to resonate. And, you know, if we do 100, then we have 10 little pieces that resonate, 10 little set pieces that we can work with, we can build on. We can trade with each other. Uh, if we did 200 etudes, now we have 20 of these, right? <laughs> these etudes can start to become the building blocks of creating the visceral world that we're creating on the stage. And after, like, I might have come up with an etude, and you know, uh, I remember cases when we were working on the uh, Arrest, Arrestian trilogy, which is a huge volume of work, and we did etudes for like five months. <laughs> God. And we, Mark filmed all of them and he would take them home and watch them like a, like a, you know, a football coach watching game tape, wow. studying these etudes. And he'd come back the next day and he's like this, remember this etude, remember that etude, uh, forget about this, forget about that. Like, and he was still trying to teach us and help us learn as we were going along. That was one of the wonderful qualities of him. But, you know, eventually we got to this point where it's like, oh, we have these, you know, all these etudes and all these ideas and we've kind of gathered up the ones that start to feel like the thing in the world um and there'd be instances where it's like okay everybody remember specifically this etude um that so-and-so did now so-and-so is not going to do that but yada yada i need you to do that etude that they did and we're going to put that here and it's going to look really different but you need to know the etude in order to understand what the thing is we're going for and uh, we're going to kind of string it all together and then we're gonna oh yeah right the text we're going to put the text over all of this um grotowski has an interesting way around doing this too you know um he doesn't really use the etude but we're creating an action um so uh, i've been working with a group acropolis performance lab since i've been back in seattle and they've been the most the most engaging and interesting um, partners for me that I've found here. Uh, but, you know, you like show up to a rehearsal and the rehearsal is, um, you know, you show up, I got to come from work. So I'm getting there a little bit later and somebody's like over there at one part of the room working on something by themselves. Somebody's over there. The director's like here studying something and, and then uh, you're like, okay, I'm here and the director, I'll give you a, a poem, not even related to the material you're working on. I don't know, uh, O'Neill, and you get a, you get like a, a Sufi poem, or or maybe just like a painting or something. I'm like, uh, make an action based on this. What? <laughs> and so you go about building a little etude based on your own personal sensation, opinion, because you're a, you're a, an individual that's had the chance to be really honest with themselves as we've talked about and you you feel something about this and you create an action right uh and then over time you might develop this action this little etude over over weeks or over months and then uh you know the director will come back and say oh yeah this is looking really good maybe go a little bit more this way or go a little bit more that way uh, okay now we're going to take this piece of text and we're going to put it over this action so unify these things and now that becomes part of the play. That's part of the text play. Uh, <laughs> again, it, it takes curation, but it you know, really is an interesting way to work. And um, in my experience as a, as a viewer, things like that are, they, they touch me better. 
because they're not just trying to engage my intellect. You know, and that's that's not the business of the of the artist. The playwright's done that if they're a good playwright. <laughs> well, just trust them. Exactly. <laughs> oh, he's such a brilliant playwright. We love him so much. Well, then trust him. He did his work. You do yours. Trust him or her. It's <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I'm still working on my defaults. Trust them proper. <laughs> uh, also, just looking over the scope of the Ilkholm training, uh, it almost seems like every semester is a little etude that builds on the other. Yeah. Before we get to the third year of diploma work, of performance work. But I mean, I know folks here will be interested to learn because like, I mean, I love learning about different systems here, there, everywhere that uh, Ilkholm students don't greet characters until the beginning of their second year. We don't get to dramatic text in Mastery of Acting until the end of the second year. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, no, nobody, nobody does a monologue until like the sixth semester, yeah. <laughs> the end of the second year, right? Um, you're not working on a monologue. It's different. Again, if we go back to our dinner metaphor, um, if I'm going to serve you a, uh, you know, a whole chicken as the main course, I probably don't want to do chicken soup as the soup. <laughs> things, things should be curated a little bit. Um, you know, it makes for, makes for a more diverse, comprehensive and interesting experience. Um, but yeah, that's each semester is kind of its own etude, right? That's not necessarily specific to the Ilkom, but the semesters of the Ilkom are kind of curated by Mark. But you know, this is this is very indicative of what we would kind of call the St. Petersburg school. Um, that's sort of how St. Petersburg studios, uh, were and have been built and continue to operate. Um, and, and that's propagated pretty widely over there. Um, but yeah, it is, it is curated and it is progressive um, in a mindful way. Uh, I remember being an undergrad at the university here and, you know, we, in a semester, we kind of touched, covered, like, what we would have done and beyond in one semester, what we covered uh, at, at Ilcom, we spend a year doing, you know what I mean? Like that's, that's a little bit of the difference. And, and, you know, uh, while, while they were wonderful actors and wonderful people, um, as undergrads also, you know, the people we had access to was not necessarily even by and large the main specialists in the university. We had access to the graduate students who were still learners themselves. Um, there's a, a bit of injustice in that, but that's a different subject. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was great for them because they're learning, they're learning this part of uh, how do I communicate the things that I'm understanding to someone else. Uh, but, you know, for the undergrad, that's a little bit unfair way to treat them. Uh, so a little unjust. And for example, you wouldn't see that um, in the Russian system. In fact, the studio that came before you is explicitly instructed to stay clear of you. Do not even attempt to touch or pollute their space. And, <laughs> you know, they're not gonna be brought in to teach you or show you something. Admittedly, they're still in a process of learning. Mm, and, and honoring those spaces too. That's something yeah. I remember from, from my first morning of arrival, uh, being able to walk into the playhouse because as students, we were not allowed to we had to walk through the set closet <laughs> because the atmosphere is already brewing for that night's performance. And I recognize what, what kind of privilege it was as a, as a foreigner that morning, but that sentiment is just so profound. Yeah. Well, and that, that atmosphere is, 
not just brewing for that day. It's accumulated over a lot of time. Uh, you know, I could tell you that recently I had been there and like mm, some of these pieces of essential etiquette and decorum, which might seem a little bit stuffy, um, maybe old fashioned, uh, you know, some of those things have fallen to the wayside a little bit. And um, the, the result is not uh, positive. <laughs> you know, being having having a little sense of etiquette in the theater is also important. Um, the the act of just haphazardly walking through that space, um, not being sensitive to the energy, uh, you, you start to bring something else in there, or even worse, you start to strip away what's accumulated there. Mm. You know? I am so thankful for this conversation. I know our listeners are thankful for your time, uh, your energy, and your wisdom and insight and heart and spirit before, before we close I, out i only hope that's true if there's something useful that somebody's able to get out of me yammering on i'll i'll be glad <laughs> again i i I'm the I, I appreciate it but i i i sometimes have to be skeptical of myself in such situations again i know that like we'd be better off in a room together trying stuff yeah <laughs> doing exactly we'll, we'll get there this is this is soon going to be a podcast in motion <laughs> i don't know how that's going to work but why not <laughs> let's let's put it out there uh so i have some questions i ask every lovely guest yeah if i may uh before we close out with some speech for the stage and i pray that we don't get cut off <laughs> If we do, I'll dial you back up. Uh, so question number one, what does the actor's wish mean to you? Uh, well, for me, it's the need, the desire to be in commune, in contact with others, with the world. Uh, you know, there's lots of ways we go about doing that, but essentially that's what it is. And what is a current obstacle you're overcoming? Everything? <laughs> Life? <laughs> you mean as an artist? You can interpret that however you want. Sure, an artist. As an artist or not as an artist. Uh, existing is a huge obstacle. <laughs> uh it is a constant state of overcoming. Mm. If, if you want to grow, at least it is. Right? Uh, Mark Well used to tell us, you know, if you want to be a great artist, start by working on, you know, being a great person. So you got to work on yourself. You got to work on yourself. Uh, if you stop, you know, the world goes on without you. You get left behind. So that's the big obstacle, keeping up. It's these anecdotes that I just, I crave. Thank you for that. Thank you, Mark. <laughs> and the last question is, what are you excited about creating right now? Right now? Well, you know what I'm most excited about creating in this moment in pandemic and all of this? Uh, what I'm most excited about creating is the space between people. Mm -hmm. really in any capacity like that is the most precious gift um, in a situation where we have to mindfully be distant um, for someone like me, you know, an extrovert and somebody whose primary mode of communication has relied so much on the exchange of physical palpable physical energy. Um, that's what I'm excited about. I'm excited to exchange energy uh, you know, I'm tired, a little bit of talk. Uh, <laughs> Sorry to drag you into another. No, 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 no. Uh, it, it's an interesting 
concept though like you know like over such a distance is it possible for us to exchange energy now this is going to be a little bit of a tangent but it's it's relevant relative i was talking to some folks about this uh we can't you and i like this we can't really trade energy right now because energy is physical we know that we can radiate energy and if we were in a space together like we could feel energy working on each other in a practical way right when we talk about the stage this is how energy works um but there is an energy that's happening because we're talking to each other but it's not a direct energy that we are sharing linking up right your physical energy is not linking to my physical energy uh but psychologically spiritually we're each developing an energy that does feel warm and does feel familiar and is a kind of commune but we have to acknowledge that it's different when we, when we put all of this away and we stop talking to each other we'll take that energy and we'll walk around our empty homes and that energy will dissipate into space the way the theater works is when we can do this together we've accumulated this energy i have this energy you have this energy we start to share it it becomes a bigger bubble of energy the next partner comes in it becomes a bigger bubble of energy the audience starts to feel that it becomes a really big bubble of energy uh it grows and grows and grows and then we walk away and yeah it can dissipate but it takes longer and we also go out and we have contact with other people in other spaces and this energy starts to share and spread and propagate and um, this is like the wonderful thing about being a human this <laughs> propagation of positive energy uh for me that's everything so that's you know that that's my answer to the question <laughs> that's that's what i'm after that's what i'm in pursuit of uh more of that when we can however we can and would you like to dabble in some speech for the stage Oh, um, I guess I could. What do you got in mind? <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to give you the reins. Have you chosen any consonants you'd like you'd like to use? Well, I'm always a fan of the opposing consonants, you know. Uh, I listen to I don't watch a lot of TV, but like I listen to like radio and shows and stuff like that and uh the way that, you know, T and D get mixed up p and b yeah. s and z uh f and v you know the way that the way that uh the distinction between these things can be dissipated is do you want to do uh with english vowels a e i o u or just do a russian string slow so we can try along with you what would you prefer Oh, I mean, we have an English-speaking audience, but I never do this stuff. I generally do it in Russian uh, when I do do it, just because that's the way I learned. But uh, it's okay. We're going be we're using language, but we're going beyond language. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It sounds and vowel sounds. You know, put put a letter to them, but essentially they exist. Uh, but okay, let's try a e i o u, right? So we could go bay be by bo boo pay pee pie po poo bape beep bipe bope boop pabe peeb pie pobe poop and on and on in perpetuity right Love it Uh so if you take these opposing consonants if you're somebody speaking if you're doing something like we're doing a podcast uh, right now or like you know working for voiceover stuff um putting these uh these consonants in opposition to each other around the vowel is a really useful way to create distinctions between them and just kind of create ease in your mouth. Mm. Shall we do from from learning a language, you know, one of the things that that you've got to know is again like once you feel the physical comfort, you've done the physical work of being able to say the things, make the sounds, uh then you can start to really communicate you know yeah. you start to work with the ideas that's perfect but in order to get comfortable you have to let yourself be uncomfortable that's also the the trick right <laughs> exactly and be silly with it 
Yeah, you got to leave your comfort zone. You got to take some hard knocks, feel embarrassed, fail. Like, then then you can really start to to get it done, whatever it is. I, I think that's probably true for about anything. Don't try it if you're doing surgery on somebody, though, I guess. <laughs> no, there's really no room for mistakes. I don't know what they practice on. I'm not a doctor. Do they practice on, like, I guess they practice on, like, a frog or something. I would hope. Yeah. We practice on ourselves in acting. We practice on ourselves first. <laughs> We're the frog. Yeah. Well, but in, in, okay, in that sense, though, that's that's also uh, a serious uh, amendment um you know as we start to think about working on ourselves we start to think about we're talking about this self and circumstances this kind of individuality and prying oneself open and looking at what's in there you really should be careful working with yourself like take care of yourself yes yes especially even if enhance that to yeah. match, especially at those times and on you know, we gotta we gotta take care of ourselves and of each other. We don't we don't want to hurt each other in this process. The idea is to get to a place where we're giving positive, even if we're telling something ugly. We're we're giving positive energy. So it comes from a yeah. place, even if it even if it is a heavier or darker. Yeah, ultimately, do no harm. <laughs> yes, love the partner as you love yourself. Tyler, thank you so, 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 so much. I know you, I mean, if you're willing, we'd love to have you back to talk about oh so many more things. We literally just scratched the surface. Thank you got you. something to talk about, I'm game. <laughs> especially, especially right now. I mean, I'm gonna it's perfect. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And thank you everyone for sticking with both these episodes we are sending our gratitude and inspiration to you across the energetic waves <laughs> spiritually together perhaps physically apart but spiritually and emotionally together thank you everyone i'll catch you next time Bye. thank tyler. you sarah <laughs> thank you tyler <laughs> <laughs> bye guys Thank you so much for joining me and pressing play on yourself today. If this episode resonated with you, be sure to share it with a friend or leave a review on iTunes. We are building the ensemble, so the more people who see it, the more rich and diverse our collective will be. If you're looking for extra inspiration, come find me on Instagram, at Sarabanda. I am so eager to connect, and I'll be ready with a new task for us to explore next week. In the meantime, enjoy the process. Just remember to lead with your wish.